DJ PK brought to you in part by Jimmy's Flowers. Reminding you, Valentine's Day, not far away, less than three weeks now. Flowers make the perfect gift. Jimmy's Flowers is a longtime partner with The Zone. Make it easy by visiting them at jimmysflowers.com. Valentine's is on a Sunday this year. Jimmy's Flowers at jimmysflowers.com. It's time to welcome in Jason Cole, longtime NFL reporter, based in Florida, author of seven books. Jason, welcome back to the show. It is great to be here. What can I, uh, what can I help you with? <laughs> well, there are many, many NFL storylines to talk about. But watching the Green Bay, Tampa Bay, NFC title game, uh, and, and, of course, I was on Twitter at the same time. And mm-hmm. I, I get that Twitter is there to crack people up. And so, of course, there's uh-huh. going to be Belichick memes as the Bucks go sure. screaming out to the 28-10 to 10 lead. And I know the storyline, but I find the whole thing to be bogus. Brady's going to his 10th Super Bowl, and that's an awesome storyline and an awesome stat. Sure. It's unbelievable. But Brady wasn't going to a 10th Super Bowl in New England if those two stayed together. New England had free agent losses. New England had guys opting out. New England had dead money on the cap. I don't know that New England could have beaten Buffalo to win that division, and there's no chance they would have beaten the Bills and the Chiefs in back-to-back games to go to a Super Bowl. So the whole notion of uh, Belichick let it blew it by letting Brady go, or Brady won and proved he's better than Belichick, I find that whole storyline crazily, oddly, wildly misplaced. Uh, I would, here's that where I would differ with you. And that is, yes, if the, if you put the Patriots together as is over the last couple of years, no, they don't go like, and, and he wasn't going to take this year's Patriots team mm-hmm. to a Super Bowl, And just like he didn't take the, the 2019 version to a Super Bowl because they were too depleted. Right. I think there's a case here that, there was an expectation among a lot of people in New England that was fed by this whole aura of it's more Belichick than it is Brady, right? And that Brady's just a system quarterback that you could replace Brady. And let me just say this as an aside, Josh McDaniels is a big believer in that system quarterback you know, theory that you, that Brady should have been able to make these other guys better. And because he wasn't, he was starting to decline et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I would, or my counter would be, look, the guys that he, they put him around him were just substandard. And if they had found a better plan for surrounding him with better guys and, you know, finding a transition from Gronkowski to a real tight end or all these other things that we talk about, Brady's still capable, as he has shown now, of taking you to a Super Bowl. But you had to basically bite the bullet and be willing to go and build around the quarterback and make life easier for him. So Brady's, I think Brady's still the answer, and Belichick made, I think, a poor choice by not riding out the rest of his career, um, but probably not a poor choice if you're not going to help the quarterback out, and Brady and Belichick wasn't helping the quarterback out which, you know, the last couple of years. So when you look at Tampa Bay, they, of the two teams, they would be the more surprised to be this far. How much do you think that, to a degree, the Buccaneers were sort of pacing themselves as they go with a veteran team and some new players to make sure they were playing their best ball when the playoffs hit? I don't think that this is, like, I don't think this is a pacing, like, um, this is not like a swimmer getting ready for a major meet and you're, like, you know, pacing your body and getting it ready 
um, <laughs> to, to go compete in the Olympics or something like that. I think this is more like it just it took a while for everybody to get on the same page. You know, when you're talking about not having an off season, um, any in a real sense, not having training camp in a real sense, and you're trying to get a new quarterback you know, get the timing together with guys like Mike Evans or Godwin. And then you're bringing in Antonio Brown in the middle of the season. you got Miller, the Johnson, Ty Johnson kid. You don't really have a running back who's a consistent pass catcher. And the tight ends as well. Like, all this stuff going on. There were a lot of moving parts this season. I just think it took a lot of time for them to get on the same page. And you saw it come together in the second half of the season that this was a much better team, much more on page, especially – Evans and Brady, which that's the key to everything. Now, there are some problems with what they do in their passing game still, but I think that's a function of talent, not as much a function of them not being on the same page the way it was in the first half of the season. I don't want to overlook the fact that the Bucks played well enough to win the game because that's the most important thing. But Brady yeah. threw three picks. The defense got beat deep. Evans had a glaring drop. Other guys had drops as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. That that was not even close to a perfect game, but it was good mm-hmm. enough to win at Lambeau Fields. So let's give him credit for that. But don't they have to play much better to beat the Chiefs? Oh yeah, they have to play a perfect game to beat the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs are the Chiefs are absurdly better than everybody else. Like they've been sleepwalking for the past like three months through this season. You know, yesterday was an example of them playing one of their sharper games. And it's probably the sharpest game that they have played since that was that Monday night game. This season's such a blur. It's hard for me to remember. The Monday night game against Baltimore, where they went into Baltimore and they said, oh, yeah, that, that Lamar Jackson stuff, that, that's cute. Um, this is how we really play football. Um, and they just destroyed the Ravens. And then, again, sleepwalk through the rest of the season. You know, a couple of bad, you know, kind of ugly games against the Raiders because Gruden gets geeked up about it. Atlanta, they barely get by. You know, all these, you know, they the Dolphins game, they're behind early, and then they go on a spree, take control of the game, and then Dolphins come back. Like, it's one game after another where you're like, that's not a sharp football team. Yesterday was a sharp football team, um, with the exception of the, of the you know, the botched, um, you know, punt, by you know by Hardman, which you know gave away a touchdown, they played really incredible football yesterday and, and really precise. So to get back to your point, does Tampa have a, a great chance in this game? No, I think that at best they probably win one out of five times. If if you're if both teams played five times, you get maybe one Buccaneer victory. That's how much better the Chiefs are. The question is that one going to happen on Super Bowl Sunday? It could. You know, like Shaq Barrett and JPP could present a problem for the offensive tackles for the Chiefs, right, and really hem in Mahomes and force him to do some different things and keep him in the pocket and keep him from escaping. That, that seriously could happen. You know, uh, Vita Vea was, was terrific yesterday, I thought, crashing the pocket. So I saw some things that can give Mahomes problems. But, look, they got the, the Chiefs have the best quarterback in the league. They have the best wide receiver in the league. They have the best tight end by far in the league, right? And then they have the best coach in the league right now um, who's still in the playoffs. I mean, Belichick's the only guy who's, who can match wits with Andy Reid at this point in time. So you have, you have those four things going into a Super Bowl. You're an overwhelming favorite. 
So you speak of Andy Reid, best coach that's still coaching in the postseason. I don't think anybody would argue on that. I read a stat where he's 62, and if you compare Belichick at 62, Andy Reid, I think, had like five more wins. He seems to be having the time of his life coaching the Chiefs right now, and at 62 he's been doing it for a while, but the point being that it doesn't look like he's interested in stepping aside. Uh, (laughs) Where's Andy Reid going with this? Going back to work tomorrow, <laughs> but I'm talking legacy, <laughs> legacy wise. Well, legacy wise, I mean, look, if you win back to back Super Bowls, I mean, you know, but I think he's already. I'm a Hall of Fame selector. If you put uh, Andy Reid in front of me, yeah, I'd want to make sure I heard the arguments through and double checked it and compare him to everybody and stuff like that. But, but I think he's a Hall of Fame coach, right? I think he's, I think he's there, um, and I don't think the debate is very long. It's just like again sort of dotting I's, crossing T's to make sure that, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at everything correctly. Because I haven't really studied the case or studied the other coaches who went in the Hall of Fame right away. So I think it's a little, it's a little bit, um, you know, it's not quite done. But if he wins a back-to-back Super Bowl, then, like, there's no more, there's no more debate. And I think that there is, as you said, like, he's 62, but this is – this is his purpose in life. This is what he loves to do. I mean, he still wakes up at three forty-five in the morning or whatever ungodly hour because he wants to get to work. Um, you know, he, he's the guy who in Philadelphia was pulling all-nighters all the time and enjoying it, like not doing it because there was this sort of George Patton blood and guts. This is what we do mentality. You know. Uh, you know, I've talked to Juan Castillo, who's his longtime offensive line coach in, in Philadelphia, and he talked about, you know, Andy would come in at midnight or one o'clock in the morning, grab a, a fistful of corn nuts from, uh, from you know, Juan's stash of corn nuts, and they'd sit there and they'd just kind of BS for 15 or 20 minutes. They'd start talking ball, and Andy would get a little smile on his face and go, hey, Juan, want to pull an all-nighter? And they would just stay there the entire time and just you know, this is this is his passion. This is what uh, he was born to do. I don't think there's any drudgery to it. He never gets tired of it. And he's a very unique human being in that way because it is pure joy for him. So I just read a story on the whole, uh, how, how they ended up drafting Mahomes, how they ended up spotting him, how they ended up trading up to get him, and all they had to go through to get that. And one of the things that came through in that is that they wanted someone special. They didn't want a system quarterback. And I'm intrigued by what you said earlier about the Patriots and the system quarterback. It's not that you can't win a Super Bowl with a system quarterback because you can. I think we can all list uh, four or five guys in the last 20 years who aren't Hall of Famers who, who won Super Bowls. So you can sure. do it. But Andy Reid lost a lot of NFC title games in a row 15 years ago. And I think if he'd had a special quarterback, he would have won some of those and won some Super Bowls. And now he's got one. So, and, and in the story, it said they were constantly on the lookout for someone who was the guy. And they well, got they thought, they thought McNabb was the guy, and he got him really far, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you are talking about five NFC championships and some really difficult losses along the way, and and all of that, right? So. I don't. I don't want to put down Donovan McNabb as not special, right? Because I think he's one of those guys who was very good, bordered on special, 
if he had done a few things a little bit differently in his career, we might be talking about a Hall of Famer. Michael Vick was the, the next quarterback, you know, who's as dynamic as they come, right? But unfortunately, you know, wasted so much of his career on, you know, the dog fighting and, you know, having to go to prison for it. And, you know, things that held him back and distracted him from being as great as he possibly could be. It's kind of a tragic career arc for, for, for Michael Vick. And, and along the way, you know, there's Kevin Cobb, there's A.J. Feely, there's Jeff Garcia, um, you know, all those guys who played their best football under Andy Reid. I mean, he really is a guru. And then you get Alex Smith, who is a, a system quarterback, whose limitations are, are there, and you saw it. So, yeah, is Patrick Mahomes the best of them? Yes. Clearly, but I, I would I would submit this: Andy Reid's done maybe the greatest job ever of picking out quarterbacks and maxing out their ability of anybody in the history of this league. You know, like everybody he's picked has done something, um, you know, maybe not great, but at least good to very good, and had their greatest success again under Andy Reid. Um, because he could pick out guys who could play and then make the most out of those guys who could play. Um, Mahomes is just, yeah, I mean, he's scary, good, athletic. I mean, I, I think he's the most complete quarterback to come out of the college ranks since John Elway. Uh, and I went to college with Elway, and I just did a biography of John Elway. And he was considered the statue of David of quarterbacks. I think one day we'll look back and go, Patrick Mahomes is the statue of David of quarterbacks of this generation. Uh, and I don't have any problem with what you're saying. Do you have any reason why the line is only three then? Because, um, if, be, look, betting in the Super Bowl is not like betting in any other game, right? It's not, it, it's not just the pure, the pure, the purest gamblers, right? Who come in and say, okay, I know what this line looks like. And, you know, the Chiefs are clearly the better team in this one. There's mystique that goes to this game. And that's because, you know, you got Brady in it. And so the betting public goes, oh, Brady's in it. We've got to bet on Brady. We've got to do this, which is not necessarily a bad logic, okay, given its record. But because, because the Super Bowl is sort of amateur hour mm. for um, great bettors, sort of like New Year's Eve is amateur hour for people who like to go out and party, um, you get a lot of money that comes in just on feeling like I feel like the Buccaneers can't be stopped. I feel like Brady can't be stopped. Therefore I'm betting on him, not the pure analytics guys. And the whole point of Vegas, look, the the most important thing that Vegas always wants to do is to make sure there's an equal amount of money bet on both sides. Cause they just want to take the VIG, right? They want to take, you know, the 110, the 110 to win 100, they want the 10. They'll live with the tent. That'll be fine. And so that's where they want the money to go in the Super Bowl. Jason Cole, longtime NFL reporter, joining us right now. What is the future for the Bills? Are they going to be some kind of uh, Cleveland Cavaliers looking at Michael Jordan's Bulls? Like, how are we going to get past (laughs) these guys? I think you can say that about the entire AFC and maybe the entire NFL, right? Um, Yeah, because I think that I think that Kansas City, you know, look, eventually Tyreek Hill is going to age out. Eventually Kelsey's going to age out. Mahomes will probably last 10 years. His game will change a little bit. He won't run, run as much. Um, you know, like you can, you can, you know, put, you can see that future, right? Um, but I think that the Chiefs, as long as Reed is there, 
will understand, look, you got to make sure that you surround the quarterback with a lot of weapons. You saw it this year. They, you know, who'd they take in the draft? The first round pick was on the running back. Now he may not be a great player, but the mentality is the same mentality that the Indianapolis Colts had with Peyton Manning, which is always make sure that that guy, that, that, that one of a kind talent has really special players around him who can make him look better and maximize his value. So, okay, we've got Marvin Harrison. We're taking Reggie Wayne. We got, you know, we'll go get Dallas Clark. We'll get, bring in Edger and James. We'll, you know, we'll constantly have guys around him who maximize his pure value. So that's going to be the credo with the chiefs. And I think that, you know, that's going to put them at the top and certainly over the next three or four years, because I don't see Kelsey or Hill going away for a couple, for two or three years at least. Um, I think that they're going to be hard to knock off. So the Bills and everybody else, the only thing that they can hope for right now is that the Chiefs get really bored and really complacent. And, that, you know, again, I think they showed that this year that there was a certain complacency to how they played most of the season, um, which if they win back-to-back Super Bowls, I would think that that's going to be very difficult for them to win a third one in a row. Um because of that complacency. That'll allow them to get knocked off next year, but we'll see how it plays out. You think that Aaron Rodgers is sort of caught up in the moment of the disappointment, or might possibly this be it? No, I, I, look, I think that he's a contemplative guy. I think he's a, he's a person who is kind of saying, where is his place? What is, you know... I don't think he wants to be like Brett Favre, right? Who Favre was kind of hanging on until the end. Now, I do think that Aaron's going to play next year. I think he's going to play for the Packers. I think he's going to – but in this moment, like, he, he thinks about a lot of other things. Like, that, the fact that he's guest hosting Jeopardy, <laughs> don't take that as just some goofy little thing. I'm not saying that he's going to become the host of Jeopardy and that he's next, the next Alex Trebek. Okay, don't, don't get me – you know, don't take me down that path, Right. And I don't mean to take you down that path, but what I'm saying is he has other interests in his life um, and things that he wants to do. I mean, he loves music. He loves, you know, rock music. He's big into it. I think there are other things that he says, sits there and says, you know, maybe I want to do that at some point. And that makes, and when you have losses like this, or you go through a season like this, you kind of think about, okay, maybe there's something else I want to do. And when is that time going to be? Um, and that's what I think his head's at. If I if I read him correctly, and I you know I know Aaron decently well from having talked to him a few times, he just gives off that vibe like a guy who's like you know I'm not only football. Now I love football and I'm great at it, but it's not the only thing that I am. Deshaun Watson getting traded? If he wants to, I mean, really, he controls the whole deal. And, you know, you, so you hear reports that go back and forth, like, what does he really want? Does he want out? Not, you know, it's a decision he has to make. But if he decides, look, I'm not playing for these guys anymore. Um, I don't trust the owner. I think the owner's a, a foof and doesn't know what he's doing. Um, and, you know, he told me one thing. He did another. You know, there's this goofy, you know, religious advisor pastor guy who's got way too much control over the organization who's in his ear. Like, uh, if, if he looks at this and says, I'm out, and he's out, and they have to go make the best deal that they possibly can, and I think that they're going to get a lot for him, they still won't get 
what a proven quarterback is worth. But it, it, this is all – Deshaun Watson controls this situation uh, almost 100%. Now, they're, they can push him to, to show up and say, you got to pay your money back if you don't. Uh, but if he pays the money back and becomes a free agent, <laughs> just imagine the kind of money that he'll make you know, going to somebody else. So uh, again, he control he controls all the all the moves in this in this uh, in this decision. Jason, we appreciate the time as always. Thanks for coming on the show again. Anytime, guys. Enjoy. Have a have a good two weeks till Super Bowl. Jason Cole, longtime NFL reporter, joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Andrew Reinhardt, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, how's it going? I am doing well. How are you guys? We're doing well as well. Uh, you've got clinical studies now. You've been talking about them the last few times you've been on, and the clinical studies back up everything you thought you knew, and other people are thinking, well, we think we know it now, too. Yeah, that's exactly right. We were the only people a few years ago saying, guys, there's a break, uh, breakthrough for erectile dysfunction. This is a really cool technology. And the clinical studies over the last few years have been uh, really encouraging. Cambridge University did one. Um, the American uh, Association of Urology, that's a big journal. They did one. They tested 600 men with varying degrees of erectile dysfunction. They took older, they took younger, they took guys with diabetes without. And at the end of it, they said it's a revolutionary approach. We really can regrow blood vessels. We're agitating those blood vessels just enough that they clear out and they regrow. Similar maybe to what you do in the gym when you break down a muscle and build it up stronger. So we have reversed erectile dysfunction for a lot of guys, thousands in fact. If you are out there maybe frustrated, struggling in the bedroom, noticing the occasional failure, you're taking the pill, dealing with the headaches. This is a great alternative, and we can treat the real cause, the root cause problem of the erectile dysfunction. Hey, you said something when you were on in the last half hour that in these uh, first meetings you have, and you got a discount, and we'll get to that in a second, but that uh, your doctor sometimes finds something uh wrong and something they can fix that doesn't involve going through the procedure. Yeah, that does happen. Um, you'll meet with a medical doctor, and he, he, uh, he goes through your medical history and your medication. There are some things, like some medications that guys take, uh, a side effect of that medication is erectile dysfunction. So we pinpoint this kind of stuff every week, maybe every day, and we say, look, go make this change see if the ED goes away without needing the treatments. So um, that can happen. It could be very easy. You might not need the treatments, and we'll be able to tell you that. All right, and the deal. The deal, yes. Call us now if you're struggling with erectile dysfunction, if you're sick of the pills, or you just want to improve things with your significant other. Uh, that assessment that I mentioned with the doctor will be no charge. He'll do a blood flow ultrasound. Really cool. No charge. And a little special gift that produces instant results in the bedroom. Guys love that, by the way. Um, this is maybe a four or $500 value. Call us. It's totally free. You can call 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical at 801-901-8000. You can call Andrew now at 801-901-8000. Thanks, Andrew. 
Thank you, guys. Brady to throw. Throws a deep pass downfield. Got Scotty Miller in the open. Makes the catch. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Scotty Scooter Miller. And Brady puts it right on the spot. Bucks score with no time left or very little in the first half. Pass interference. Defense. Number 20. The ball we placed at the spot of the foul. First down, Tampa Bay. Kevin King. Where's number 20? And the Bucks get a huge first down viability on third down and four. Did you agree with the decision to kick it there on fourth down? Well, I didn't have a decision on that one. Yeah, that wasn't my decision. But I understand the thinking above two minutes with all of our timeouts. But, yeah, that wasn't my decision. Mahomes with Williams in it running back. They're going to fake the a shovel inside to Kelsey, and he leaps and dives. Touchdown, Kansas City. A wrinkle, a new wrinkle to Kelsey. Zeus drinks from the sweet nectar of the end zone on a shovel pass, and the Chiefs have their biggest lead of the game. The best thing about this team is we believe in each other, and every single time we hit the field, we lead everything we have. Uh, but the job's not finished. Uh, we're going to Tampa, and we're trying to run it back. NFL has set the Super Bowl. The AFC and NFC title games are in the books. There are the highlights. And PK, uh, one thing, the Chiefs, when they're really, when they're really on it, and they, you know, they hadn't beaten anybody by more than a touchdown since the 1st of November, but they were clearly focused, dialed in, and they just went up and down the field on the Bills. They made it look easy. And Bubble's a good team. That's a 13-win team, and they made it look easy. I agree. Yeah, when their offense is clicking, it's the best in the business. Maybe the best we've ever seen. Maybe that. Maybe you know. I'd have to look at all the numbers and all. But I love the diversity of the offense. They've got creative play calling, obviously. Uh, talent, talent wideouts, talent tight end. Uh, they can move the ball on the ground, and by that, that could be little short passes like we saw with Chad Henney last week. I mean, that was a, it was a pass play, but it was basically a running play. You know, you need a yard in uh, a short down, a short yardage situation, and you do a little sprint out, throw the ball. That to me, I recognize it's a pass play, but in a sense, it's a it's a form of run. So they have any number of ways to beat you, and it is really fun to watch. I mean, Mahomes is becoming the quarterback that you cannot. Uh, pass on in terms of, well, they're on television, so I've got to watch them because he can do so many things. He's got it going on. He's playing with the utmost of confidence. And Andy Reid, man, he's going to go down. If they if they carry this out and say, like, win three out of four, four to five or whatever, step aside, big Bill. <laughs> well, you know, Belichick's done a lot of stuff and Brady's done a lot of stuff. But three Super Bowls in a row, nobody's done that. Nobody's won three titles in a row since the Packers. And that was, they won one before the Super Bowl started, and then they won the first two Super Bowls. So you're talking about something we haven't seen in a couple of generations. That would be a big, big deal. And they got to win the second one here, and then, then the storyline can become the three-peat. Teams have chased it, and teams have gotten close, but nobody's pulled it off. So that would be massive. To have that on your resume when literally nobody else alive has it, that would be awesome. Is Andy Reid the finest coach to ever have coached in the state of Utah? And wasn't he? A, was he a grad assistant at BYU? I think so. Yes, he played there for two years, and I was a graduate assistant under Mike Holmgren of all people. I mean, I people. know he played there, and Lavelle, obviously, obviously. But uh, if he if he was a grad assistant, that counts as coaching. Yep, you're a student and, assistant. And there has been 
uh, we couldn't even probably we we'd need a program to name all the guys who coach in the state of Utah at one time or another, not just head coaching, uh, but everybody that's passed through. And there's been some legends that have passed through. Well, you just mentioned Holmgren, uh, two Super Bowls, won one. So that's pretty Holm- big. Fossil Holm- was here and went to a Super Bowl and, and go on and on. Billick only played here, I believe. Yeah, I'm not talking about just football either. Yeah, but you, you're right. Basketball has been plenty. Baseball Lasorda came through here. That's pretty good. Sorta. <laughs> Sorta. That's that's a, that's a high that's, bar. That's just <laughs> you know. Tommy L. Lasorda, yes. He'd be on that list. He coached. What do they call it managing in baseball? Might be when it's said and done, because I don't think that he's looking to step aside anytime soon. And why should he? If you're having the time of your life and you've got a young stud, he's still young and he is a stud. Everybody agrees on this. Where can this thing go? Can this be the best dynasty in NFL history? It's not out of the question. Not there yet. Really not even close to being there yet. But they're on their way. And where where does this thing end? You know, Are we looking at uh, what we had just a couple years back with the Warriors? Are we seeing this in the NFL? Mm-hmm. Warriors won three out of four and went to the finals five years in a row. Right. That five years, there's that. That's a hard thing to do. That's uh, I mean, Russell and the Celtics did it, obviously, but that is really hard to pull off. I'd have to check. I don't. Did Magic do it? I don't think he did. I think he went to four in a row. But I don't think he went to five. That's yeah. That's no. Just, I guess he did eighty-one to eighty-five. He would have. What? No, eighty-one was the Rockets. So no, he did four. In a yeah, row. that's what I'm saying. because yeah, he, he got hurt there, and Sampson had that little turnaround yeah. thing to beat him. Yep. So they did four in a row twice, and that's awesome. Yeah. Right. No doubt about. No doubt about it. That's just tremendous. And so, where does it's going to be fun to see where this thing ends for the Chiefs? Because right now, it doesn't look like it's ending anytime soon. And it doesn't yeah, look but like it's, it's also, anything in, right. but in any form of a W. I mean, Mahomes can get hurt. I right, I was that. about to say, it's football, so there are injuries. So go get the back-to-back. The back-to-back really defines you, because that only gets done about once a decade. That puts you on a short list. And then it sets you up for a three-peat, which puts you into rarefied air. I wouldn't be surprised if Andy Reid retires with five Super Bowl wins. Oh! <laughs> Man. Would you take the over-under on that? Wow. Well, I'm not talking consecutive. No, I understand. By the time he's done. I I know. It's just that football teams look so good, and then when it fades, it goes so fast. I mean, when Jimmy Johnson's Cowboys were awesome, they were freakishly awesome, and then when it was over, it was just done. Like, they won three out of four, and they didn't come close to winning the fourth one. But Pat Mahomes. They didn't come close. He's not even 26 yet. Right. That's the thing is that you're building it around Mahomes, and he still has time is on his side. Yeah, if guys Very are going to play till they're 40-plus, so. he's got plenty of time. Yeah, but yeah. guys aren't winning that much late in their career. I mean, I know Brady Hi, Tom. Did. I know Brady did. I know. Well. But, but look hey, at Brees and Rodgers. I mean, Rodgers you, spent a decade chasing the second one. Uh, sure. and But this is Mahomes right now. This isn't Rodgers. He's going to get two. I don't know if he gets it in two weeks, but he's going to get multiple. He's just that good. And 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 Andy Reid 
It's funny because Andy Reid is really not doing anything differently, but now he's recognized as all that. Should he have been recognized as all that before? Probably, but he wasn't winning the big one. You know, he was getting close, but he wasn't able to to get over the hump. And even though I don't necessarily think it's the coach's job to get you over the hump, I think it's the coach's job to put you in position to get over the hump, and then the men on the field or court, they're the ones who have to actually do it. The coach can only do so much. Andy Reid has done a lot. And now, because they got over, and if they get over again, then, boy, he's really going to get his due. And he's such a lovable dude, too. Has he ever had any form of any kind of blow-up ever? No, this is it's Lavelle. He's got Lavelle's personality. He just gets up there and all shucks his way through whatever at, in the podium at press conferences. He Without never, saying much of anything. No, he, didn't, he doesn't have to say much, but he'll say just enough. He'll yeah. give you something. He won't give you everything. He doesn't, he doesn't take any questions personally. Um, so he probably anticipates at least 90% of them before he even gets them. He knows what the storylines are. He knows how it works. Lavelle had a blow-up one time on him in his post-game call-in shows when they asked him like three callers in a row, why didn't you put the backup quarterback in? And by the third time, he got ticked. It's it's the famous one time that Lavelle actually lost it. Was it at Utah State? Was that the oh, one? Oh, I, I don't I, – I actually was driving into the watchdog, and I had on the post-game show – and I listened to it, and three callers in a row, I don't even remember the game, but they asked him about the backup quarterback, and the third one, he got ticked. And I wrote a story about it. I went to the uh, – they had the Big Five luncheon that following, what, on Tuesday? And, and I asked him about it. He said, Can you believe that, man? I, I was just – I was so fed up by the third time. <laughs> <laughs> This is why coaches don't do post-game college shows anymore. Yeah. And then we had him on that one time after he retired. We were down at Thanksgiving. I think we are at Haloti Nada's golf tournament, and uh, he came on just a few years back. It was toward the end of his life, and he said, he said, well, I had to do it. They were paying me $75 a show. <laughs> just you know, and the way he said stuff is just was just incredible. But Andy Reid's got that thing going on too, and he makes fun of himself with the cheeseburgers and all that crap. And the guy's really good. We also talked jazz this morning. If you missed that, the Jazz beat the Warriors. I thought the Warriors were done with that game in the second quarter. There were some possessions when Donovan Mitchell hits that three at the half. I mean, it's a high screen, and the defender, I don't even remember who it was on Donovan, didn't have any interest in fighting over that screen. Just kind of leaned on Gobert like, oh, I've been screened. Help. (laughs) And the defender's 10 feet off Donovan. So Donovan's like, all right, I I guess I'll just pull up and hit this. Bam, it's a 30-point lead at halftime. Well, the Jazz are a much better team than the Warriors. So, I mean, it was actually over before the game started. And I guess you can look at them and – Say, well, one game, but not the way the Jazz were playing. They are in the midst of an incredible streak. And the offensive production, the onslaught that they can have when you've got five, six guys and you're just as confident as one with another when they're open. doesn't matter who it is. And they are playing at such a supreme level right now offensively that is just uh, it's just 
and it's really incredible. And you, you ask yourself, it's a much smaller scale, but like we just had the discussion with KC, how far can this go? How long can they stay this hot? That's that's the only question. We're not we're not asking anymore. Are they good? We're just at least in my mind, we're asking: Is this a hot streak or is this who you are? But you're asking yourself if they're a contender because I think they're a contender. I'm not asking myself that. Oh, okay. Right now, the answer is yes. I can only if we can project and we can have that debate. But I see no reason why they can't beat the Clippers or Lakers. Now, if you stretch that out, can they beat them both? I mean, that's that's a heck of a task. Mm-hmm. But somebody's might have to beat them both. You know, one of the three, depending on how it shapes out, it looks like these are going to be the top three in the West. So whoever isn't one is going to have to beat the other ones twice. Two, three, and then one. You follow, obviously, you follow as I far do. as the postseason. And those are the three, and the only who could possibly get there. You know, the Suns are back to 500. That was a nice start, and but now they're in seventh, and I always thought that they were going to be in that seven, eight, nine, ten conversation. Well, I think it's Denver. Denver, and uh, what about Portland? Done with them, too many injuries, they won't survive this six week stretch. I, I just think, you know, for all the talk of the Jazz, and they're going to have to make shots, the essence of Portland is Lillard and McCollum. McCollum's not playing right now. I think right. they're 2-2 two and two without Nurkic, and McCollum is, I think they're 1-1 one and one without McCollum. But, you know, he'll come back, and I assume Nurkic will come back. Uh, when, I, when I look at Portland, uh, my eyes, when I look at their box score, it goes right, right to, to McCollum. Two, yeah. yeah. They got to light it up. That's, that's their path. That's their, the way they win. Right. And, yeah, so as they, long as those they, they teams are, as long as those teams stay 4-5, which is where they are right now, uh, then it comes down to the Jazz. If they're two or three, they got to beat the Clippers and Lakers in consecutive series. And if they find a way to get to one, then you got to deal with either Portland or Denver in the second round, and you only have to face one team out of the Clippers and Lakers. Well, that'd be awesome if you could do that. Uh, I don't know that they can do that. Yeah. Uh, but if they could, that'd be really sweet. I, I think it depends on what, what does LeBron want. If he wants the number one seed, he's going to get it. Right. But he, he may not want care. it. He may well, I don't think he cares, but if he's healthy, he's gonna want it. The only thing he's gonna want more than the one seed is his health. So if there's nagging injuries, he will sit or play limited minutes or whatever to make sure he's healthy. Health is gonna he's always gonna prioritize health over a one seed. Right. So how does that play out when we get to there? I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm I'm really looking right. forward to it though. But I think your short run question is real interesting. This for even when you're really good, eight game win streaks are rare, and the Jazz have one now. And what happens is you start to get a little loose because you think you're all that good, and you you lose. But you don't just lose games; you lose that form and you lose that precision, and it's harder to get it back than you think. When you got it, you don't think it's going to be hard to get it back. But if you get a little loose, then it's harder to get back than you think. It's not like they're going to go 2-2 two and two or 3-3 three and three over six games, let's say, and then go win eight in a row again. A lot of times you start getting into it. Let's be honest, the eight-game win streak has partly been the schedule hasn't been real hard here. And we only talk about the schedule when it gets hard, and it's going to get harder. This schedule here, it was built for success. Even that seven-game road trip, you know, Milwaukee, okay, quality opponent. And then you end up not even going to Washington and having to play the second back-to-back. But you always look for quality opponents and back-to-backs on the road. 
And then one back-to-back, and we thought, well, that's not going to be that hard because both games are in New York and they're not traveling. The Milwaukee game could be hard, and obviously got a back-to-back at the end of the trip. Well, you beat Milwaukee, and you don't play the second back-to-back, and all that leaves you with is those two losses in New York, and we're still asking ourselves, how the heck did that happen? Mm, I but, don't care about the schedule. This doesn't work. It doesn't matter to me. So then it just comes down to, are they going to get a, lo- get a little loose with some of the details? Are you playing well? It's about you. I don't think schedule. I just don't. I look to see what the schedule is so I know when I got to watch the games. Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday this week. Monday, Thursday night, watch a movie. Saw a movie, tonight? actually. No, I got Utah State hoops. Yeah, Utah State, yeah, Utah State that's UNLV. Cool. That's, yeah. that's going to be over early. Well, I still got to watch it. Aggie's big. It's local team we're watching. There you go. I don't watch movies. Movie, forget that. <laughs> I finally saw one, and it was wildly disappointing. I, <laughs> I don't watch movies on television. No, I'm watching games, man. The uh, the Tom Hanks flick. He's the newsreader in the old west, traveling from town to town. Don't treat that like a fun Friday night movie. Okay, that's all I'm saying. I watched it. I went to the theater. It was yeah. fun. DJ and PK. It's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone. Your feedback coming up next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. When Donovan put on that headset to hear, as a star there's too much that you like. I put on the t-shirt all jazz fans should wear. It reads, frankly, we don't give a shack. K comes through again another week. The music keeps coming. You can send us your takes, use your phone, use the app. Use the open mic feature, send us your takes, and uh, y'all could get them on the air here. Just told the story about uh, Lavelle. We're talking about Andy Reid and how his press conference demeanor is so Lavelle-ish, if that's a word. And that recalled the one time you heard Lavelle blow up on a post-game show. He took the same question about the back of a quarterback from three straight callers. And Greg tweets at us, that Lavelle story, that Colin story, reminds me of when my friend called into Jeff's post games, got Hot Rod to blow up by repeatedly calling Jeff Malone Carl's brother. Oh, his literal brother? I guess. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know Hot Rod took calls. I wish I'd listened to that. Me either. Jeff Malone was here before me, so uh, maybe, maybe that was uh, before, before our time. I don't know. Uh, Jeff Malone was not here before you. Yeah, he played uh, at least three seasons before I got here. He and I also played while I was here. I was here, I think, well, two and a half years. The statues played before you got there. Mm-hmm. I mean, what difference does that make? Thurl played before you got there. Because I thought they were doing. I thought Clouky was on the post game show, and and he'd have to tell me about Hot Rod taking calls. I don't. I think that if if they did it, that ended when they well, launched. Then that would be the, the thing that Clouky was doing it. Not that Jeff Malone played there before you. A lot of jazz players played there before you. By the time I got here, Hot Rod wasn't taking calls, as far as I know. That's the point. But Jeff Malone was here before me, so maybe Hot Rod was taking calls before me then. (laughs) I'm just going to keep going in circles. In the long run, did Shaq end up doing the Jazz a favor? Van says, I grew up with those three as players and about the same age. I hate to say it, but their credibility lessens with age. He's not buying it. Okay, in this case, in this instance of what they did, I, I don't really watch the show enough to be able to speak on their credibility. 
And, and the only reason I watched it is because the Aggies were still playing CSU, so I was I had the television on. Normally, I normally go to bed because we got to get up. Yeah, you go to bed because we got to get up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then halftime, you're off to find out an update on another game. Yes. So I don't have enough knowledge to be able to comment yeah. on whether they're and, what their takes are. In my mind, Kenny is the one who has the most uh, the most credibility. Barkley's so busy being outrageous. He does say some things that I think are right, but I also know he says stuff and is just you know. First of all, he's he's entertaining himself. He's entertaining the other guys. He's entertaining the crew. And so what he says may or may not have anything I to do with it. I see clips of it when Shaq busts on Barkley oh. for not having a title. And all right, I got it. I, Shaq does that incessantly. It just beats him into the ground. I know. I wish he'd get over that. All right, DJ and PK, we got to bring in Andrew one more time. Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, good morning. Hey, good morning. How you doing? Doing well. And uh, this morning we've been talking about uh, Wasatch Medical Clinic, uh, working, working with guys who are struggling with the ED, and you got a breakthrough treatment. But your doctors are also on the lookout for a wide range of things that could be issues that might not be all about the treatment either. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's kind of interesting. When a guy gets erectile dysfunction, the first thing you wonder is, why do I have this? Or maybe I'm too young. What's caused me to get here? we can probably answer that during the consultation with our doctor. He'll screen you to make sure that you do indeed have a blood flow problem. Now, most people do, but every week, maybe every day, we see other things. Uh, Might be a side effect of some medication you're taking. So if you've got questions, we really believe in delivering a lot of value out there. Um, The consultation, of course, is free with our doctor. You can ask all those questions those burning questions that everybody has. So you've also got uh, clinical studies in case that is the issue. Yes, that's exactly right. There are uh, about 40 clinical studies behind acoustic wave therapy, and there's a lot of data in there, but they basically all conclude the same thing. We can regrow blood vessels in this part of the body. Um, It can reverse erectile dysfunction. We've seen that uh, with thousands of guys. The big attraction is no pills, no injections, no surgery. It's actually treating ED. It's not treating the symptoms of ED. That is what makes it so unique. And so many guys are just getting their relationship better, getting back on track, more frequency, more blood flow. It's a great thing in the bedroom. And you got a special deal right now. We do. And this is uh, last chance of the day. Call us the assessment. The exam is free. Uh, that uh, that uh, that exam we mentioned with the doctor will hear where he'll look at the causes. That's free plus a special gift. Maybe you can use this on Valentine's Day. It produces instant results in the bedroom. I've never seen it fail. Give us a call now. It's no charge. The phone number to call is 801-901-8000. And call Wasatch Medical at 801-901-8000. Call Andrew now, 801-901-8000. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good day. DJ PK, Scotty and Hands, coming up next.